Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. We receive a prophet in the prophet's name, and we're going to receive that reward. So come on up and pour out. This is, this is, this is just fine. Um, don't know where we're necessarily going to go this morning. Um, I did pray uh, in my bed, and when I got this morning, I'm like, hey, God, yeah, it'd be awesome if you could just lead and guide us here this morning. But, um, yeah, I'm Art Lucier. My wife, Heather, is with, with me. We've been married 27 years. Wave to everyone, Heather. <clears throat> um, and my friend Evelyn Lipke sitting, wave Evelyn, she's my Métis sister from a different mother um, but me and uh, we've been doing stuff together for about 10 years uh, Evelyn and myself just on we did, uh, well nine years ago we went for five months in about 40 different communities all across Canada in response to Prime Minister Harper's apology to the First Peoples, uh, my grandma's Cree, I'm Métis, from the Métis Red River homeland, and um, and my, my grandma's passed away at 104 in the early 2000s. So on her behalf, I ended up traveling with a coalition of those who were ready to extend forgiveness on behalf of Métis, Inuit, and First Peoples. So I got to see a lot of the land, a lot of the territory, and and, um, yeah, it's great <clears throat> to be in beautiful, beautiful Cranbrook. Um, so awesome to be here. We're honored. Um, just a little snapshot, you know, in, yeah, in not knowing really where to go or who you guys are, I'll just ramble. Is that okay? I'm just, all right, just going to ramble a little bit. I do believe I do have something from the Lord, a bit of an actual teaching. All right, and uh, the word is good. The word is good. And, uh, but just a bit of a snapshot, like who is, who is this, you know, Métis with a mullet that's here? What, you know, um, I'm sure there's other teachers, preachers here in the house, even though the Jeff is, is gone. Um, but nonetheless, uh, it's awesome to take this opportunity and connect with other saints. I um, <clears throat> grew up in Terrace, British Columbia, and um, got saved 30 years ago off the streets there as a young mixed-up drug dealer at about 20 years old. My girlfriend was murdered in a drug deal go wrong and um, when I was living on the streets for about four years. And the way that it happened, they didn't know who the killer was for about five months in that time I reached out found out that God's real and he saved me and um, started a life of of just hot pursuit of Jesus so um, after courting my wife for two months two years two years two months 22 days we got married we didn't plan that that's just the way it actually happened and um, we've uh we recently were pastoring a church for 15 years in Kitimat that we planted in 03 called the Harvest Church. And we've done about 10 
festivals, outdoor festivals there. We're, we're worshipers by heart. Uh, Heather just wrote a book on why worship and we're musicians. She actually has uh, her music degree from Portland Bible Temple back in the day, her pastoral music degree. And, and I have my grade nine. You know, <laughs> so with this, you know, we are on this journey of, of, of stirring up the church. I don't know why God had picked me. I think I'm like choice number 12, and the other 11 fell off somewhere and said no or something. I don't know. But um, I'm actually a house builder by kind of trade, uh, but I don't have my license or my, um, I don't have my carpenter's ticket. I'm a pastor without a ticket, and I have zero qualifications of anything, uh, really, um, but for really, really, uh, I don't know, for the, about the last 20 years, I've really leaned into the Spirit of God. Um. I was so hungry and desperate, desperate after about 10 years as a prayerless Christian. I'm just going to say that. Like, you know, I, uh, I spoke this at Cherry Creek. I honestly thought intercession, pushing into God like that, was for old white women. Because that's all I saw at those prayer meetings. So I didn't fit, so I didn't go. And, um, and, but even before this, see, I grew up in the Catholic church. I grew up in the Catholic church. I went to Catholic school. I was an altar boy. I was a really good altar boy. I wasn't good, but I was a good altar boy. I was, yeah. And I, 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 um, even there, it was, we'd go to confession. Any, any Catholics here? Former Catholics? Any? Okay, there. Uh, my parents are still in the Catholic Church there. I love the Catholics. You know, I just believe that God's going to do an amazing sweep. My mom got saved in the charismatic renewal of the Catholic Church. So even as a young teen, you know, doing drugs and stuff, I'd sometimes go sneak in just like, what is this singing in the spirit that they would do? It was just like spooky. <clears throat> and, uh, but when I'd go to confession... My punishment was, what was our, what was our punishment? For, uh, when you go to confession, what did you have to do? Yeah, you had to pray. So I got taught, prayer is punishment. It's so sneaky of the devil, eh? And so I got taught, well, when you're bad or you have to, you know, prayer, you know, and then, so uh, I, never, I didn't really tap into what prayer was even though I got fairly radically saved. And, and uh, so 10 years into my walk with the Lord, I was so desperate that uh, I went to a, a very bad place, according to many Christians, and that was Toronto Airport Fellowship Church. It came to that. Uh, I got warned by the church, do not go there. You'll get demons. Now, I now know 
that actually when the church says, don't go there. <laughs> Not all the church. I'm just, you know, anyway. Religion is a terrible scourge. And I personally, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I might say a couple things here that just my opinion, don't, you don't have to repeat them yourself. You don't have to hold the same view. But I, I personally believe that a religious church is the greatest hindrance to the kingdom of God in Canada. I'm not speaking against the church. I am the church. We're the church. I'm talking about a religious spirit that Jesus had no problem calling out. He gave all the sinners a free pass and called the religious leaders, you whitewashed tombs. He called them names. Jesus called people names. I want you guys to kind of think on that. <laughs> you, you tombs full of dead man bones. You travel halfway around the world to make one convert, make him twice the son of hell you are. Did Jesus just call the religious leaders sons of hell? Yes, he did. It's like, you know... But again, and it wasn't against just necessarily a person. He wasn't calling down a person. He wasn't being mean to a person. That's right. The culture, that culture, that religious spirit, that scourge. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> Heather and myself ended up planting a church um, after we we uh, we got married in. 91, moved away for about five years to the lower mainland to get away from, you know, just your hometown and the parents and everything. And my past. I remember, you know, me and Heather are married or dating. I'm walking downtown Terrace. And, you know, someone about uh, 150 yards away would be walking on the sidewalk. And they're like, they would cross the street and walk over because I had a bad past. And um, and um, like, I want to say, I've changed. And now I'm not going to beat you up or fight. Um, <clears throat> but actually, truth be told, my when I did get saved, and then they didn't know who the murderer was for five months, I just hit the streets with my Bible. Every day, five miles, just out there. And our youth group that I joined, youth, young adults, went from 20 to 80 in two months. Just ra a little a move of God. So they just didn't know what to do with me because the church was like, hmm this drug dealer's in our church and they don't know who their murderer is. And now he's living for the Lord. Uh, I think he's guilty. So the church was scared of me. My old friends rejected me because they're like, wow, Lucy is going to church. He must be guilty anyway. But I found the Lord in that time. But, um, we ended up moving away and then we, the Lord called us back to the North, but this time we went all the way to Kitimat where uh, we, we had one, we had twins, twin boys. They're 22 now. They love and serve the Lord. And, and actually, we, uh, three, the, we have three kids. They all got married last year. We moved twice. We left a church, took on a herding church. We uh, did a big festival in Edmonton. We took on a national initiative, did that in uh, November. And uh, then we were tired. And uh, I think I'm still tired. But... Um, Change is upon the church, by the way. And what you got used to and comfortable.
the Lord wants to awaken. And he wants things that we got used to or comfortable with that God doesn't necessarily like, like division. Uh, God's coming to challenge that. He has to. It's his love. It's his love. Uh, so that's just a little bit about us. Fifth, about a year ago, I ended up moving half-time to Kelowna to help a young man there who is so gifted in Kelowna. By the way, I've prayed for Kelowna, and my life was changed in Kelowna with all the conferences there in the past. And uh, we, Heather and myself, we ended up being, I guess, the main staple worship leaders for the Eyes and Wings conference for the last 10 years. And... Um, and but we we were comfortable living in Kidmat. It's the bush, y'all, just like this. It's just like, but right on the ocean. And I built my own house four years ago, my dream home. I say, Heather, we're leaving leaving your dream home. She goes, that's your dream home. But it is on three acres. It's amazing. I have a garage with a car lift. Yes, yes. I had a garage with a car lift. Um. And so we still have that house there. And one of our sons, who got married last year, stays there as well as Heather's mom because we built an, an in-law house attached. Uh, and and uh, but they'll be soon moving to Kelowna as well. But um, I moved to Kelowna to help their halftime. And the young man who hired me that I was helping, uh, this young guy, I, I took over his ministry there somewhat. He had planted a church there two years ago. Um, called Breakthrough Church. And he had, last year, near the end, he had a $100,000 a month budget. 24, 25 employees doing all kinds of stuff. And, 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 and he really needed help. He goes, Art, would you help me teach, preach, do worship, all this? So I went because I just loved Cologne and loved the people. By the way, and Bob Jones gave a prophetic word a number of years ago saying that this is the eagle's nest of Canada. And I just love eagles, and I love the prophetic, and I've been on the Canadian Prophetic Council for about 15 years, uh, which has gone over a major shift. I don't know. Who knows of Stacey Campbell? Some of you, a prophet to the nation. She is now living in California, but she's just never home. She is around the world, just shifting all kinds of stuff. And recently, Fateen took over the Canadian Prophetic Council, and now it's just lighting up, and it's unity. And there's some, there are some good things happening in Canada. New unity. It's incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. But um, just before I get into this, just before I got hired by John to help out in Clone a year ago, I had, over the, a period of two years, some visitations of the Lord and visions and confirmations that Canada, this is kind of a, oh, duh, but that Canada's in trouble. But here's the weird thing. I would bring a word like to the prophet, like, Canada is not good. The church is not good. And God is just about to turn off a tap of blessings and the darkness is coming for our children that you have, we have never seen. And we need to do something about it. We need to get together, stop this division and these judgments towards one another, call upon God like never before. 
And, and it's a lot of a lot of them were like, "Well, we think the church is okay." Okay. And I just didn't know what to do with it. Point, fast forward. Um, the Lord, I went to the Canadian Prophetic Council and said, we need to get together with national initiative. We need to do this. And um, it ended up, and then I, this young guy, John, who had hired me, I said, John, do you do the national initiative. I know it needs to happen. Because the, the prophet, Stacy Campbell, said, you know what? It is the word of the Lord. We need to do this. She goes, but, you know, these issues that you're talking about, First Nations issues, or the, that's already dealt with. And I said, well, okay. I just know the way the Lord works. If we get together as a nation, I know that God's going to start to light on by his Holy Spirit. I said, oh, that's fine. Whatever's God, let, 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 let happen. If, if it's of, of man, let it just fall. But uh, so John kicked up. He had a powerful dream that Lou Engle, Dean Briggs, Fatine, Barry, all these different ones says, that's of the Lord. That is of the Lord. But, but John, under the pressure of life, and he had issues, he just walked away from everything in April. Like, literally walked away from a ministry that he was having to raise 100 grand for a month. I mean, they were doing missions all over. I've, I'm a missionary. I, I think we all are, or should be, as soon as you walk out that door. But I have been to Congo five times on the rough part, eastern DRC. I brought Heather once and the boys and her mom and... And I've uh, walked in the junk. We've, we've built some orphanages there, planted some churches and stuff. Me and Wesley raised about half a million dollars for the work there, but also for different homes all over the place. And John Perks took over Be a Hero, which is a missionary arm uh, for Wesley. And he was doing homes all over the place. And so he, he was just, he was a brilliant mastermind. Pressure, demonic deception, whatever. He walked away from everything. So I thought I was done in Kelowna. I was just going to back away to Kitimat, go back to my nice house, like, uh, you know, and get out of here. And the Lord says, no. No. This is home for you. I'm like, oh. Me and Heather talked, prayed, and I was, Heather said, you know what? I think the Lord needs us here. I was like, whoa, okay. Wow. So. I rented. I had rented a house. Ended up buying a house though the day after uh, Battle for Canada, moving in there and built a kitchen downstairs. So we've got a suite downstairs and stuff. Um, so we moved twice. Yeah, we left our church in Kitimat. We took on a herding church. We took on a, a movement national initiative that had a black eye and and. Uh, but anyway, so here we are, you know. And I, I I'm really kind of not known in Canada. Like who is this? Who is this guy? I I. Uh, I'm still asking that question myself because I'm like, I really was really comfortable. I was really comfortable living in Kidmat just in the bush and looking after a little church and just, I could quad out of my shop. I could sled from my house up to two different mountains. I'm a sled head, used to be. But then the Lord started speaking two years ago. He goes, you know, I want you to get rid of stuff. So I had a mud truck that I built because I used to race mud trucks in the north. I had a Harley and I had a sled and I sold all three of them in eight days. And my wife says, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, you know what? I think this stuff started to have a hold on me, and I think we're, there's a shift coming. And that was, <laughs> that was a test of obedience. I said, okay, God, if this is supposed to, if this is of you and I need to get rid of stuff, I'm going to put them for sale. But if it's not of you, don't let them sell. Three of them gone, eight days. Oh, no! I'm just kidding! We ended up selling our quads, sold just everything, everything. 
moved from a 6,000-square-foot house on three acres into basically an apartment. Well, it's a house but just one bedroom upstairs, and that's where we live. My son and his wife, who moved with us to Kelowna, live downstairs. And, um, you know, sometimes the shift is not always comfortable. Anyway, this morning, I want to fly through a couple things here with you. Is, is, uh, are you guys good? Are we, are we good? You know, and I don't want to just talk about out there in, Canada, in Battle for Canada, though. Meeting in North Battleford for 10 days in wintertime and having 1,000-plus people show up, something's up, everyone. Something is up. This is a non-politically correct, quite unreligious, um, not scheduled gatherings where we just let God talk, and he does. And we have national leaders all coming together, looking at each other in the eyeball and saying, okay, we got to let go of our jealousies, of our own ministries, our own thoughts of what is supposed to be, and we just partner together, and God actually likes it. I will say this. There is a new level of unity that God is going to be demanding, but also giving a grace for in this area. You guys are going to be a beacon of light of the kingdom of God. People are going to know that God is moving in Cranbrook, Kimberley, and in the Kootenays. I, I tell you this. I tell you, it's not going to be our last time here because we would just want to see it. We want to, we, we want to speak into that. We, there, is a new, um, there is a new uncloaking of the prophetic movement in this area. There is a new call for unified honkers intercession. The honkers are the intercessors, by the way. The Canadian geese fly in formation. The, the eagles have to have the vision, but the honkers are the ones that pierce into the second heavens and actually intercede with the prophetic words and the prophetic song of the Lord and break open the heavenlies. They, so the honkers, we're the Canadian wild geese. There's a new movement coming here, I'm telling you. I feel it. It's, it's awesome. Um, also, just one more thing here. I feel that God wants to move in some healing. Signs and wonders will follow. Are supposed to. And I know there's been aspects of healing here, but I just decree and declare over this house a healing move of God that the sick are going to be brought in here. And even those who do not believe, they don't, they don't, the worship and all of the, you know, yabba dabba 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 uh, of the tongues they don't get and they don't like or any other of that stuff, but I'm not mocking tongues, I speak in tongues. Um, but they, they won't necessarily like that, but they, they won't be able to wrap their head around the healing. No different. I love Bill Johnson's testimony. You know, some lady got healed of cancer in his church. Her brother-in-law hated that church, hated Christianity, hated just like and all the goofy stuff that happens in Bethel. Just like, and he was just like, but then his sister-in-law got healed of cancer and he didn't know what to do. So he walked in and stormed up to Bill. He goes, you know what? I hate it that I hear feathers falling in this place. I hate that. But my sister-in-law was healed here. And I don't know what to do. 
And Bill's like, and Bill's just standing there all of a sudden. And that guy goes, that's one of those feathers, huh? And Bill Johnson's like, yeah. Right on cue. Just, Bill's like, I don't understand it either. Of course, we're hidden under the shadow of his wings. Anyway, I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited for Canada. I'm excited for Canada. It's one thing for political moves. It's one thing for a, a caravan of trucks, which is important. It's one, it's one thing to go door to door and stand for righteousness and, and vote. And by the way, vote. Vote. Okay. Get involved. Put actions to your prayers. Get out there. Be involved in the community. And it is really hard to lead someone to Jesus when you don't know anyone who's unsaved. It's really hard. Okay, like... I'm excited for you guys. But it's a whole nother thing when we have unity within a city or unity within Canada, when there's a movement of unity and a critical mass that comes together like in Battleford, and God comes down and goes, okay, okay, I like this. We're getting, something is shifting. We believe, we believe that instead of tipping into darkness, this nation is just about to go into a a revival and a reformation if we stay on track, if this, the, the prophetic word of the Lord, I was reading all these prophets and, and all these pro- prophetic words. In the last couple of years, few years, I haven't because I've stayed away from all the prophets. I just want to hear myself for, for me, you know. Um, but this year I read a few because my prophetic word was this. This was my whole prophetic word for the year. If. That's the word. If my people would humble themselves. You see, here's the deal. It's not up to God. It's up to you. If it was up to God, it would all look different. It's up to us in what we do. Your destiny? It's up to you. Well, brother, just all things work together, you know. For the, yeah, for those who love the Lord and who are actually called according to His purpose. Let's finish that verse, shall we? Let's contend for our destiny. Let's contend for the city. Let's contend for the words. Let's contend for, for what is supposed to be and not settle for what is. It does not take faith to go to church, though this is important. It's a great house, and I see a renovation coming in the future. There's going to be there's a freshness. I see something happening. It's, it's awesome, and God is there's there's God is not done with you guys. On the contrary, there is a new lease in the kingdom for you guys coming. <clears throat> anyway, all right. I'm not angry, by the way. I'm really not. You'll get to know me. 
I, <laughs> I really not. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if John the Baptist looked angry. I know he looked scary. We were saying camel hair. Camel hair clothing. You know, and locusts and honey stuck on his beard. It's like, can you clean that up, buddy? Like, I'm trying to listen. I have to close my eyes when you talk. Can you, you know, locusts and honey stuck there and just like, repent! It's just like, are you angry? Can we, you know, maybe you need some counseling. Just, you know, and he yells at the religious leaders who show up. Who warned you to escape the coming wrath? Well, he was like, anyway, uh, I want, can, I want to flip through a little story. How long we got? Another 15, 20? What, what do we got? What do we got here? <laughs> I do feel, for you personally, I feel, um, got some questions for you. And as, and as great, and as much as I, you know, just Cranbrook and the move of God here in Canada, but I want us to look at a story. And I'm going, can we bring up um, Genesis chapter 3? Verses 1, we're going to scroll through 9. And could I get a shot of water from, not in the face, but like a drink, like, wonderful, thank you. Just uh, a little dry. But we're going to look at something today. I'm going to try and, ooh, there it is. All right. We're going to fly through this, okay? Um, I I try not to take long here. The serpent was more crafty than all of the wild animals the Lord God had made. By and FYI, this is the first introduction to Satan in the Bible. It's interesting that the first two chapters and the last two chapters of the Word of God do not have Satan. But here we go. Enter Satan and we have issues. By the way, I got <coughs> visited by a demonic principality last night. In my dream, after I challenged it, I didn't challenge it. What I just said was I prophesied. And I, you know what, I'm not suggesting anyone do this. But I prophesied the downfall of the principalities of this region. Oh, I didn't come against them myself. I just said, by the way, (laughs) in Kinemat, the Lord told me to go up on the three surrounding mountains with my bow, my compound bow, go to the top of the mountains and shoot a prophetic arrow at the, and prophesy the downfall of the principalities. I'm like, that's not the Lord, and I'm not going to do that. That's, that's crazy stuff. Over a period of a year and a half, the Lord kept speaking through different things. I'm sitting in Toronto this one time, and I'm reading this book, and it's Lou Angle digging the wells, redigging the wells. And just like, he goes, and he says, even if God asks you to do something crazy, like, Open the window and shoot an arrow out. I'm like, oh. Because then someone walks over and goes, hey, I don't know you, uh, but I just feel the Lord said, you know, that he's asked you to do something. And you're supposed to, even if it's like, you know, shooting an arrow. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I went up on these mountains and shot prophetic arrows, um, prophesying the downfalls. And uh, right now, Kitimat has turned around from the number one economically depressed town in all of 
British Columbia, out of 100, now we're in the number one. We have flipped it around through prayer, decrees, and everything. We, uh, it's on track for Shell, LNG, to build the largest private investment in Canadian history in Kitimat that will bless all of Western Canada for the new liquid natural gas plant. And um, prayer, prayer and decrees actually work. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good and for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took it and ate some of it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And when the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said, where are you? Now, I'm going to stay away from the whole, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the whole who sinned first here. We could get into the debate right here about it. Um, this is not where we're going this morning. No, on the, yeah. What's that? It's the man's fault. Let's just go with that. Right, men? Yes, dear. I'm a man. I'm sorry. I can change. According to some or something. Okay. <clears throat> I want to... Actually, no, God comes to man here four times, and he asks the questions, and I I just want to go here with you guys. God comes to him and says, where where are you? Now, we know this. God knows all things. It's kind of rhetorical. Very often when God comes to you and asks you a question, he doesn't really want the answer. He just wants you to think about the answer. So God comes and says, hey, where are you? Here's the deal. Now, I'm going to bring this down from a corporate thing of Canada or even this area to, you, to us personally. Where, where are you? Where are you? Where do you find yourself? What are you hearing? Like... He heard God moving in the garden, but he was afraid. Um, can we look up at another verse, maybe? I don't even, you know, um, I wish I, because my, my, I don't have two iPads here or anything. Um, let's look at John 3.20 quickly. John 3.20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what this says. I'm, Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. So here he had done something wrong and he hid. The Lord actually came to me when I, I recently went on a trip to Egypt with David Damien and some others. 
the moment I landed in Egypt this past September, the Lord confronted me for two, two nights, three days of my sins for the last 15 years that I thought I was okay about. Literally, the holiness of God showed up into, into my room. I, was, I, was, I thought I was going to be removed from ministry. Like, I'm, I'm not talking about big deal stuff, I thought, but all of my heart attitudes, my pride, how I had treated people. I, I, was, I was shocked at the holiness of God. And some people, this doesn't fit your theology, and that's, I'm sorry, I mean, I, but I, I, you know, some people are saying today, all sins are under the blood. You don't have to repent ever again. Okay? How's that working out? It wasn't working for me at all, actually. You know, and, and I, I've talked to people like, hey, but didn't Jesus say to teach us to pray, uh, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive? Isn't that a daily thing? But like, oh, that's all before the cross. So we throw out everything that Jesus said before the cross. You mean like everything? And then he say basically everything he said before the cross. You know, there's this deception. There's this, there's this deception. Now, I'm not trying to bring a heavy here today, but I believe that some of us are actually hiding. We, 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 just, we just do, and we're just like, yeah, you know, I'm good. And, and, and you know, but God in his, I'm just going to say this. In his goodness, he wants, he wants to say, where are you? And he wants to take you out of hiding. God actually says, you are the light of the world. There's a shift coming, I believe, that God wants to do in his church. Anyway, so, uh, <clears throat> you know, nor I, we, we look at Gideon. Gideon gets called and everyone's like, where is he? And here he is hiding in the wine press. And I believe that some of us are hiding. Some of you have hid for too long. And God wants to use you, wants to use your voice. He wants to use gifts and talents that you did not know you've ever had. There is a movement coming. Bill Hammond, one of the best books I've ever read is Day of the Saints by Bill Hammond. And he's called the Day of the Saints. He said, there is a saints movement coming. The saints just get, a, there's something coming. Anyway, so let's, we're going to go, let's go to verse 10 of uh, Genesis 3. Uh, by the way, and when God says, where are you? It's actually a call to intimacy. I'm telling you, there's a new level of in intimacy that a lot of you do not know is available. You, a lot of you do not know. Well, let's just see. Well, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, so I hid. And then he's, so God, here's, so question one, where are you? Question two, who told you that you're naked? And I'm going to say this to all of us. All of us. Where do you get your information from? Where do you get your information from? Now, um, I, I, uh, I'm a lot better than I was a year ago, but because I've kind of had to. But my Facebook was a place where I used to um, 
Like, there's a lot of people, they get their information not from the Word of God, from the Spirit of God. And I'm, I'm telling you, we are now in a day and age that you cannot trust the media. Most of you know this, but I'm telling you, the day is gone when there is just independent journalists just focusing on both sides. I'm telling you, the media is, is now the false prophet for the enemy to destroy the economy, the fabric, the foundation of this nation. Where are you getting your information from? <clears throat> I, uh, I'm going to quote something because I've got it written here instead of us going to it. Romans 12.1 Therefore, in the view of his mercy, offer your bodies as a holy living sacrifice to the Lord, for this is your spiritual act of worship, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his Good, perfect, and pleasing will. Um, let's quickly go. I will look at one scripture here. We're gonna, um, we're 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 not gonna be too much longer. Let's go to Psalm one nineteen, verses nine to sixteen. You know, um, I just went through a bit of a battle. Uh, by the way, I I, I encourage you um, add me on Facebook, Art Lucier, and I want to. I want to take you on a bit of a journey of what we're doing in Canada. I stand up for a lot of what people don't stand up for, what they're scared of, okay? Um, one of them is, is the LNG. And some people say, well, that's not very spiritual art. Well, I'm going to tell you this. God gave us gold, fish, trees, diamonds. You know, he gave us the oil, the gas. He gave us lumber. Why? To prosper us. Isn't it a good thing that you actually pay your bills? God made the economy. But the enemy comes and through the lying prophets, you know, and through a religious spirit, it's like, oh, don't talk about that. Who said that? You know, oh, and let's not, uh, you know, let's not, con let's not mix up, you know, church and state. Well, that was... Jefferson, and he was what he, I read that book. He's actually saying the state needs to stay out of the church is what it is. So we say like this, okay, here's the church, here's the state. I won't, I won't deal with that. You don't deal with, but the, 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 the state keeps pushing our line this way. It's like, you know, and that, that, then they're going into our schools and indoctrinating our kids. And we say, well, we don't, well, church and state separate. It's like, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. You know, this whole LNG pipeline, all these lies that came out. Oh, the LNG will poison the rivers and it will lose all of it. This is such a crock of crap. If LNG, if it does, if a pipe does explode, it just, it just dissipates. It's gone. It's such a lie of the enemy trying to shut down jobs Right now in Alberta, people are committing suicide. They're losing their homes, their houses, their livelihood, all that they've invested for years, all because a lying spirit got in there and the church won't stand up and fight and do something. Well, the church is waking up about it now. 
By the way, in my, our movement and what my message is, is not just coming in and saying, everyone be nice and just love one another. This is not just revival that we're going for. We're going for reformation. This nation was founded on scripture and the principles of God. How can a young man stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. I do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Where do you get your knowledge from? Where do you get your knowledge from? Young people. Any young people in here? <laughs> no. Uh, where do you get your where do you get your knowledge from? Do you know? Read the word of God. There is a famine for the word of God. Get in it. Memorize it. King David says, I've hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise to the Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I will rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate in your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Where do you get your knowledge from? From the gossip in the city? From fake news? Go and spend time with the Lord. What is God saying? Jesus said, hey, my sheep know my voice. <clears throat> Let's go on. Let's go back to Genesis 3. Sorry, man. Let's go back to Genesis 3. We're almost done here. Well, I think we have two more questions. We're going to look at this. Genesis 3, uh, verse 11. Are you guys okay? You, you tracking? Are you guys all right? <clears throat> Who told you that you were naked? Have you eat? Here's another question. Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Now here's really, so God asks him the third question. Have you eaten from the tree? Honesty or basically deceit and or rebellion is really your choice. And when God called me out of Vancouver to move to, move to Kidman, it's it was my choice. God doesn't will not make you do anything. This is what it says in James. Do not say next year or that year we're going to go do this and that. Actually, James says, you know, don't say that. that's actually a sin. I am shocked at how many Christians don't actually live. By the leading of the Lord. The leading of God. God wants to lead you, and that's the safe place. Jesus said, hey, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. And it, it is a cross. It is a burden, but it's light. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It's still a yoke. It's still a burden. But it's awesome. Just to... To, to be led of the Lord. Because here's the deal. One day you're going to stand before God. What are you going to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy. I want that for you guys. I want to see you succeed here, but ready for there. And God needs you. Ezekiel 22.30. Before they went into 70 years of exile. 
God came to Ezekiel and he says, listen, I looked for someone who would build up, build the wall, someone who would stand in the gap. But I found no one. I found no one. We say to the Lord, look again. Look again, Lord. There is a people who are standing up for righteousness. There are people who are standing in the, standing in the gap. I honor the intercessors in this place. Those who have believed and still believe and are contending. You've been adding to the bowl of intercession that is just about to tip in the favor of the church. If we would not stop. We have to be honest that sometimes the bad fruit that we eat has consequences sometimes. Did you eat? What are you eating from? What are you watching? What are you watching? What are you reading? You know, you don't have to answer that. I'm just saying, it's so easy to be polluted. I mean, I'm preaching to myself here. Not everything on Facebook is, is good. Scroll through, you know, just like... Uh, I do use Facebook for the kingdom and to argue. <laughs> I, I can't say I ever really get through to people, but I just have to be right. At number four, the, well, the man ends up, you know, <laughs> shifting the blade. The woman that you put here with me, again, we'll leave that alone. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this? What is this that you have done? Listen, personal responsibility really is required of us all at some point. And, you know, when God showed up to me in Egypt and he says, look, I had to repent before the Lord. I just had to repent. I'm like, I'm, I just had to, I just had to, I had to get right. I had to blame shifting is never the answer. Adam tried. Blame shifting is not the answer. Even if you're hurting. You know, I've just moved to Kelowna, and there's a lot of, there was a, a major move of prophecy in the prophets and the eagles, but just the enemy pounding against that. So I moved there, and I've gotten a hold of some of the old prophets. I said, hey, God's doing a new thing, da-da-da. And I'm like, What's, why don't you get involved with this? Why don't you, why don't you come here? <laughs> I'm, I'm not empty yet. And they said to me, oh, Art, but you haven't been hurt like us. Do you make decisions based on your hurt or based on what someone's done to you? I I just want to see this house fulfill what it's supposed to do. These are, maybe these questions don't apply to you. Interestingly, it says in the cool of the day, God used to come into the garden. That word cool, though, is actually ruha. 
like Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, not by power, but by my ruha, by my spirit, says the Lord. When, when Jesus walked into the temple and he unscrolled to Isaiah 61 and he says, the ruha of the Lord is upon me. That word, actually, um, that's right there, right there, ruha. That is the name of the spirit of God in Hebrew. I thought if I'm going to get a tattoo, I might as well have the name of the spirit of God on me. But it's like there's a daily filling of the spirit of God that God had for them. But because of their decisions and because of them, getting knowledge from the wrong place, they, they, they ended up being afraid and hiding of the ruha, the cool of the day, the breeze of the day. I don't believe that God actually needed air conditioning to come to the garden. I don't, I, when it says the cool of the day, I, I think it's because I, I studied out that word, like Genesis 1-2, the ruha hovered above the waters, the fiery breath of God. And that's a very word that the ruha came in, into the garden, that breeze, that cool, and, and, you know, so... There's this daily filling that God wants to do. He wants to shift everything about you. Everything about us. I want us to close with one scripture. Well, one block. Revelations 3, 14 to 22. Let's just close with it. Revelations, Revelation 3, verse 14 to 22. Let's, let's just go there. Yeah. <clears throat> Revelations 3, 14 to 22. Beautiful. The angel of the church in Laodicea, to him, write. These are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I've required wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can put cover, so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. This was Adam's problem when he actually went in the wrong direction, and, and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give him the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And again, if this, if that, that doesn't fit you and you're all on fire, great. I'm, I'm not bringing a word here that's trying to like, uh, on anyone uh, at all. I just want to make sure that the, every one of you, there's a move coming to this nation, to this area. And don't think that you're just okay because you're here. It doesn't take faith to come to church. I love the church. I go. We pastor. I love it. But if this is your only experience of God that you have is just this two hours, Sunday morning, you're missing out. And you can't just punch your time clock and say, well, hey, I was in church on Sunday, God. It's like, so I get my, so I my free pass. No, but there's so much more. There's so much more. So I want to pray for you guys, if that's all right. And just, uh, you're Jeff, right? 
Hey, welcome, welcome home. I hope I'm treating your house okay. I'm gonna, if there's a mess to clean up, I'm sure you can do that next Sunday. <laughs> That's good. I say love your spirit. The word of God says to know one another after the spirit. We're going to be friends. And, you know, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this area and, you know, and connecting in time. I really, really am, you know. Um, and uh, there's good things coming, Jeff. You know, and Lord's heard your prayers and he knows. And the Lord knows um, uh, what's best. And even that's like how, he, he's got a plan. And, you know, anxiousness um, doesn't move God at all. I'm, you know, so... You know, this peace that God is bringing to you and this peace that's going to come through you, a real true shalom, the shalom of God that when Jesus stepped up on the boat and said shalom, it's really, that, that word is so packed, it's like, it really means authority to destroy the authority that establishes chaos. The Lord wants to give you that of power in your voice to, to say shalom, that it takes authority over the authority that establishes chaos. He's going to give you an authoritative voice, an authoritative um, uh, just demeanor about you. And your words are going to carry weight. They're not going to fall to the ground. And, uh, and anyway, um, that's for free. I just like... It's just, uh, <laughs> catch it in with the Lord if you like. Test and weigh that. So, Father, we just thank you for what we declare is a new day, a new season. There is such a new day. Even the Kronos, the Kairos and the Kronos. Even in the calendar, we're moving out of 5779 into 5780. We're moving out of the teens into, we're moving into 2020. And, and, and this is our, this is, uh, we're moving into a greater vision and we're, we're moving into a fulfillment of time. The bowl is about to tip. And Father, for the house of hope here, for this congregation, for Jeff and the ones here, Lord God, I just thank you, Lord God, that you're calling them. You're putting salve on their eyes. You're helping them see, Lord God, and you're using. You're going to use them mightily. There's a there's a there is a rebranding almost, and and there's new life and there's new excitement. There's a new faith that is coming, Father. Even as they step out in faith, which is what pleases you, I thank you, Lord God, that uh, the days of 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 different ones sitting back, it's over. Challenge us. Lord God, call us out of that place of hiding. Call us out of the wine press. You have something for each and every individual person here. And I thank you for it. And I pray, Lord God, that it is your kindness that leads us to repentance, to changing the way we think. So, Lord God, we invite you by your spirit to come in and just revamp and revitalize, Lord God, for your purposes for this house and for Cranbrook. Even, Lord, as they have a part to play in shifting this nation. And we just thank you for it. And we just thank you, Lord God, for releasing that healing mantle on in this house, Lord God. We call it in. We call it forward. In Jesus' name, for your purposes. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Yeah.
<laughs> wow. Sorry. Yeah, drink your water. <laughs> well, I'm home. <laughs> Did uh, coming in the absolute end of a message, or I heard your message, but coming into the service. Did you guys go after any healing this morning? You know, uh, it's, it's late, but I, I never want to miss up an opportunity to release the Holy Spirit and release the supernatural. So if anybody, do we have a ministry team this morning? All right, Linda, come on up and bring your team. Or is it your team or whomever? We don't want to, oh, you guys are here. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome. If anybody needs healing this morning, we, you know, obviously we go after this almost weekly. And um, I've been re-challenged even this week at our, at our conference um, that if we're not going after the Holy Spirit, if we're not after, go- stop it. If we're not going after the supernatural, then what are we going after? And the super, and that's what an apostolic house goes after. It goes after, it doesn't just, you know, God bless Auntie Jean and, and stuff. It's like we are actually going after things that Jesus paid for, right? So if you have a need this morning, if you have a physical need that you would want some healing for, these are powerful people and they are anointed and they will release heaven over you and you will get healed. And it's powerful. All right, so come on up. Um, Art did an amazing job praying and releasing blessings, so I do the same. Uh, come on up and just have some prayer. If you, if you need something else, um, that's what these guys are here for. And uh, if, you, if you want whatever you need, talk to these guys, and they're, they're here to minister to you. All right, so bless you guys. Uh, lunch is served, and I have one thing to say. If you can't risk, sorry, you can't risk if you're not hungry. And we're all about risk. So go and risk and get hungry. Amen? So let's stand and come on up. Jamie's going to throw some music on. And uh, we are dismissed. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.